Welcome to NGFE Radio, where the rubber leaves the dirt and hits the studio. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of NGFE Radio, brought to you by Cispontaine Brewery. And my name is Big Lou. What's up, Danny? One of our co-hosts here. I'm Danny. What's up, Danny? Not much. Hanging out. And tonight we have a special guest, Raul, a.k.a. Chivo. What's up, Raul? Hey, how's it going? How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank Dude. you. So tonight's show, we're going to be talking about our first Enduro race up in Auburn. Uh, and lucky enough, we had Chivo up there to be our mechanic. And uh, man, what an adventure. All right, Chivo, talk to, me, talk to us about, this, uh, about our trip, man. Oh, this trip was uh, one of a kind for me. Okay. Uh, being on the clock the whole time was pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> it was uh, definitely a couple of good stories that came out of this trip. Yeah. You know, quite a bit of adventure, I guess. There's always going to be a story. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, hashtag it's art. It's art. It's art for <laughs> sure. Um, I guess, yeah, special shout out to Brenton. Hope oh, he's yeah. doing well. What's up, Brenton? It was, healing uh, vibes, my brother. Healing vibes. Yeah, healing vibes his way for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty mellow. Nothing uh, nothing too serious. It's definitely some work that needed to get done between you know transfers on the race line. Yeah. It was uh, it was good to be behind the scenes as uh, as a mechanic instead of a racer for a change. So that's, that's right. kind of nice. Well, um, so before we get more into the uh, the race aspect, let's let's talk about. The real Chivo. How long have you been in the bike industry, Chivo? Bike industry, been around 15 years. 15 years? Wow, that's a long time, bro. Yeah. That's a borderline career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. So you got a pension when you get done or what? Yeah, yeah I hope so. <laughs> you know, I hope it doesn't. it's not too bad, but I'll be able to take care of myself, I think. So so how'd you get into uh, uh, becoming a bike mechanic or wrenching on bikes? Uh, funny enough, I actually couldn't afford to pay a mechanic to fix my bike uh-huh. and uh, you know eventually the only way that I had to afford it was uh, by investing into some you know a couple of tools you know starting to get myself through being able to fix fix my own bike uh-huh. um, so internet reading got a couple books definitely helped trial and error trial and error <laughs> some expensive mistakes for sure <laughs> it all uh, it all ended buff up out. yeah you know now uh but yeah, it, it actually started um, one time as a kid. I was driving, I was actually riding my bike down the street, uh, down Bristol here in Santa Ana. Is it a lowrider? I wish. I wish it was a lowrider. It, it was an awesome Magna from Target that uh, my hardworking mother had uh, purchased for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fun. I wanted to go mountain biking because I'd seen it. Right. And so going down the street, I actually got hit by a car. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Poor Magna. <laughs> Half destroyed, of course. Lawsuit? No lawsuit. The guy pulled over. He was very nice to me. Did you get a new bike out of that? I did get a new bike out nice. of that. Nice. Were you wearing a helmet, first of all? I was wearing a helmet. Okay. All right. I was following the laws. Was, was the helmet like in the back of your head, like kind of like flapping in the wind, or was it like an like actual perfectly <laughs> fitted helmet? I'm pretty sure it was actually on backwards. <laughs> you know, like the front, like all down, but somehow yeah. tilted back. Yep, yep. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was backwards. There's no real shape to it. Oh, boy. Yeah. But... Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of the first and like push shove into the uh, bike industry for me. Uh-huh. You know, was uh, meeting a very heavy car. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So after that, I mean, was that your trigger point to uh, to get into uh, bikes and stuff, or I mean, 
Yeah, I've always been a very mechanical person. So for okay. me, being able to use just about any tool to fix whatever comes comes up mm-hmm. is uh, has been pretty easy. So, you know, getting getting into the bike industry as a rider first was definitely showed me that I needed to, you know, maintain my bike and keep it running and make sure that it's running well. And, uh, you know, like I accidentally ended up rebuilding my first wheel like that that. later that year (laughs) by accident. Honestly, I was just trying to straighten it out and ended up destroying it and then having to figure out how to put it back together. Like you like totally disassembled it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It didn't have, didn't even bother to take off any of the gears or take off any of the rotors or anything like that. It just totally disassembled it. Then there was Wing a million it. pieces, so I had to figure <laughs> it out quickly how to put it back together. Um, but what bike was that on? This was uh, this was my second bike, a Raleigh uh, M50. So you know, pretty entry level hardtail. Definitely got the job done. I thought I was gonna grow more, so I got an 18 inch frame, which was Still clearly too big. Um, <laughs> Twenty some odd years later. Oh yeah, yeah. It was this was a while ago, and uh, somehow that bike has been surviving. It's still cruising around as a commuter bike. You still well, have it? No, it's actually I've sold it to you know this uh, one of our customers actually. Okay. And uh, he commutes on it daily. So really, yeah, he's been very wow. happy with it. It's it's not the same as it once was, but it has a lot of miles on it. It's modded up. Of course, yes. It was garage Oh, yeah. Heavily. That one, uh, it actually has a broken frame that we were able to modify back into, you know, use, usability. So Duty? No. This was a chop saw, drill and tap. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You put a, like, a, like a plug in there, like a, like a wooden plug in there or something? Or? No. no. <laughs> this one actually uses a front derailleur to hold down the seat post as a seat post clamp. Okay. Because nothing else will work. Huh. So, yeah. Okay. Maxi mods. So, so no warranty on that frame anymore? No warranties. All sales are final. <laughs> Thank you for your purchase. Next. Yeah. Yeah. So after all that, how would you work your way into a bike shop? I actually started... Uh, as uh, as the annoying little kid that would come around the path oh, asking, okay. you know, what's the best tire? What's the best grip? You got any free uh, tubes out there? Yeah, if you if they could help out in any way, shape, or form, uh-huh. and uh, kept bugging the owner, Tony. Uh-huh. How, so basically uh, how, how I started, sort of. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, I, you know, I kept asking him if he had any jobs, if he had any jobs, if he had any openings, and... Uh, you know, he's he's like, well, you're too young, first of all. You know, I was about uh, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the idea was, uh, because I was too young, I still was going to high school and still needed to, you know, get my grades up and do all that good stuff. Right. And he really didn't have a position. So he made a position, like, about a year later, uh, called it the expediter duties. Oh, okay. And, and, so, that, and that still lives on, right? That still lives so on. It's still was up the, a made-up position. Nice. Yeah, it still works. That's how all the young kids come in. They do all the cleanup duties. They assist all the mechanics and all the salespeople. Steven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Steven. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started, you know, like two hours uh, every Saturday mm-hmm. as my part-time job, you know. And uh, I remember my first paycheck. I turned around and I bought my first set of wheels, which was more than what my paycheck was worth. Oh, so you already had an, uh, you already had a debt. I was on already the house. in debt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tony was nice enough to allow me to ride these wheels, and mm-hmm. you know he kind of hooked it up, you know, pretty big. So okay, appreciate 
appreciated him for that. Uh-huh. Very nice boss. How long have you been with Tony? With Tony, been around 14 years. 14 years. Yeah, 14 years working. So was, was that your first job out of high school? My first real job, yeah. Wow. Yeah, part-time at first, and then as I was, you know, getting out of high school, it was full-time, and and then some. <laughs> so how'd you progress into becoming a mechanic there at the shop? So as the... Uh, one of the one of the one of the years um, there was the Interbike Trade Show and all the guys were headed out there. So um, a guy named Mark Hay, myself, and uh, invited guest as a friend of the shop uh, stayed stayed behind to open up the doors on the shop for you know that week. And mm-hmm. so I had to step up, you know, and become a mechanic, do all the small light duties. Obviously, nothing. Change your tire. Yeah, change your tire. Change your chain. Wiped yeah. on the bike. Yeah, wiped down some bikes, <laughs> turned a couple of bolts. Um, and so that was kind of the, the trigger of, like, you know, how to... Learning how to install a chain was apparently very difficult. So, you know, I went through about three or four chains as a mistake that day to figure out how to install a chain pro- oh boy. properly. And so, you know, the, the guest... I, I don't actually remember his name, but the mm-hmm. guest that was there uh, opening the door for us to p- go in and work... Uh, he didn't actually know anything about bicycles, so he couldn't actually teach me. Oh, boy. And uh, trial and error was the cause of this. Uh, but luckily enough, we didn't send out any bikes with mistakes on it. We were able to catch them as I was learning as we were going along. Wow. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah. The shop did not suffer. There was no, there was no uh, unhappy customers, which was, which was a good thing. So that was for you. That was kind of like a make or break moment then. Yeah, I had to. I had to step up quite a bit. You had to prove yourself. Yeah, I wanted to stick around, and you know, I definitely was eager to learn more. So after that, did uh, did you get up to uh, to become a mechanic, or were you still after as an that, expediter after that? After that, the expediter duties were a little bit less, but uh, then came like the you know junior tech duties, like building bikes, starting to learn how to troubleshoot. Doing a little bit of homework as far as like reading manuals and hitting up tech clinics. Mm-hmm. So it, it took a couple of years. Um, this was maybe two, three years in after, you know, after starting to work there. Okay. I still had all my, t- all, all, uh, most of my uh, expediter duties, but by then there was a couple of smaller, younger guys oh, okay. wrenching in there as well. Yep. The, so, the fresh meat. The fresh meat, yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, they would, they would, uh, made a new position called the expediter lead or uh you know the grom lead the grom supervisor <laughs> yeah so inherited that position and uh you know had uh one or two guys on the weekends or one or two guys uh, throughout the week you know at, at, at different times mm-hmm. so Any of which still there no they're all gone i think they they all grew up and uh pursued other dreams they're still in the i believe one of them's still in the bike industry luke ronsky he started a little bit later after after oh, I okay did. As well as yeah, Coleman. he works for Wilco now. Yeah, he works for Wilco. I guess that guy's rad. I like Luke. He's very fun, very yeah. friendly. Yep. Always a smile on his face. Yep. Exactly. And uh, and another old uh, character there was uh, Coleman Miller. I don't know if he's listening out there, but if he is, shout out to him. Uh-huh. It was fun working with him. <laughs> so so fast forward, uh, been at the shop for a little bit. Uh, you do a little bit of racing there, right? I did do a little bit of racing. Um, all the Fontana Winter Series, I believe, is what I did. And uh, just starting to get into it, there was uh, learning how to pick up some speed and learning how to corner. And I never actually took any clinics, so I would just 
over here. The hurt clinic. That's what you took, the, man. Yeah, the hurt clinic. I did body slam myself a couple of times, <laughs> but uh, so what kind of what discipline is this to start off with? Discipline. Um, downhill, cross country. This was all downhill. This was all Fontana downhill. Fontucky. Yeah, and then later. What, what year was this when you started racing downhill? This Fontana. was in two thousand four, I believe. Two thousand four, two thousand three. Okay. And uh, you know, I had a, I had a sweet Norco, five inches of travel, uh, Norco fluid, and uh, so out in Fontana, there's, I don't, I've never seen it as requiring a huge downhill bike. You know, mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten inches no. of travel. To this day, I don't, I don't think it even is. To this day, yeah, I think a twenty nine er would be more efficient out there. You know what, twenty nine er is the <laughs> uh, the future of downhill racing. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, yeah. The new V ten is a twenty nine er. There's a couple other other uh, commensal commensal twenty nine er now. Yep. Oh, nice. All of a sudden, like, I wonder if, like, they were just waiting to see who was going to be the first one to bring out twenty nine er, and they're like, oh, well, we already got. I mean, we already had something. Yeah, they already had yeah. something working. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's well, Trek a had a twenty nine er for a while now? Who did Trek? Trek, okay. Was the nine point something? I've seen that bike around Fontana. Yeah, you know what? Uh, they they do have a development team, and uh, one of the the big corporate guys goes out to Fontana and do some testing. So that's probably why Danny saw it out there. I see. Um, yeah. It'd be a good course to check it out, and since it's a lot of pedaling, and the, you got the wall at the end at mm-hmm. every single course. So yeah. that wall is. It cost me my last place, man. Yeah? Yeah. I went down on the final turn, almost got run over by my coworker <laughs> in the pro in the semi pro class. So. Okay. So how many years did you race? I raced about two years on and off. Okay. Um couldn't always afford to make it out there and uh, half the time I had to work on Sundays, so you know. That's that's tough to be work to work in a bike shop where it's pretty hard to try to get time off of work to do stuff. Yeah, the shop's always busy. Um, yeah. Which is a good thing, you know. It's, it's um, it's good to be busy. You know, it's you get a little bit worrisome when when it slows down. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, working, uh, having to provide, and and then having to being being able to take time off is can be a little bit difficult. Um, Jenga. Jenga. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably it makes <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah. We're, we're up in the crow's nest, so if anybody's <laughs> been to Sis Montaigne Brewery, uh, we're in a exclusive uh, VIP upstairs uh, lounge. Luxurious. Luxurious. Oh, uh, full AC. We got a couch. Uh, uh, we got a jacuzzi over here in the corner. Small and then we got a fridge. Mini fridge. Um, I'm sipping on some uh, belligerent Bradley. Uh, Chiva, what you got there, man? What are you sipping on? Uh, this is... Was it California? No. This was a. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't remember. I saw this and I was How like, does it taste? Looks, you know, it's a little bit bitter. Taste it. Let's see. Mmm. Sip, sip, sip. Yeah, I'm not, not very much a beer guy, but I'll have a glass or two every okay. now and then. Yeah, I mean, they got they got a lot of good selection here. Yeah. So it's, it's enjoyable. It's yeah. Shout out to Sis Montaigne. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to racing, you said he raced for two years. What was like the highest level you competed? Highest level I competed was expert. In DH? In DH, yeah. That's pretty uh, good for only racing for two years. Yeah. I started out as a beginner, and there was eight people in my category on that one, and I got fifth out of eight. And I only... I'll always excuse myself on this, because I was practicing the expert course, and then raced beginner, figuring that it was going to be easier, but it was actually different. Uh-huh. You know, there was a couple of different turns, and so I wasn't ready. I went off course, came back in, 
didn't DNF, <laughs> um, but I still got fifth place. That was uh, that was very exciting. All the practice lines were not even like the speed that you carry mm-hmm. on race mode versus practice mode is. They're so much faster. Huh? It's quite a bit different. Yeah, you're you know the little hip that you used to track now is becomes a, a kicker, and the little kicker is now a pretty sizable gap. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you gotta you gotta be ready for it and. You got to be comfortable, mm-hmm. mainly, I think. Yeah. Um, in expert, uh, I raced two more races, and that was um, out of 16 people, I got fifth, which was a pretty good improvement. It's podium uh, right there. Yeah, that was podium. And then after that, the second race, I got third. Nice. So I was improving. Actually on the box. Yeah, on the box. Third place. I was not not on the concrete. You're actually on the box. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was about a six inch step from the yeah, from the floor right. to the box. That's a big difference. That was uh that was pretty rewarding being up there getting yeah. a little trophy because I think fifth place you get a participant pro- trophy. Whoa. Like oh boy, here we go. Like, like you get everybody gets a trophy, man. Yeah, everybody gets a trophy. I was like, ah, it's kind of I got to do better than that. So yeah, yeah. That that third place was. Uh, Encouraged by the Rocky Mountain uh, Bike Company, they uh, there were that was the first year we we developed demo bikes at the shop, and so I was demoing a RMX. Uh, no, actually, it was a Slayer. It was one of the first six-inch travel Slayers with a Marzocchi sixty-six up front. Mm. So pretty burly bike. And uh, so, so why'd you stop racing? Uh, I stopped racing. Uh, there was a little bit of a uh, some. Uh, Medical medical issues with my mom, and I needed to um, take care of her, so I had to take some time off first. of racing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was just me and her. My siblings had gotten married and had taken off, mm-hmm. so it was just me and her, um, you know, hanging out. And so I had to, you know, really look out after her. Mm-hmm. Um, my final race was uh, expert class downhill, and uh, on that one, I actually when I went down. I lost so much time. I got 30 out of 31st. Oh. And that's because the the final guy, uh, he actually didn't finish. He, uh, he ended up getting hurt out in oh, Montana. Man. Um, but, that's, uh, that's, that's not the way you want to go out for the no. last race of the, your career. No. Last place is, uh, is no place. Second to last. Man, oh. That was uh, terrible. That was good. Oh, man. Yeah. So very much fun. A lot of fun at uh, Fontana. Mm-hmm. I like the scene. I like the crowd. It was pretty memorable. Right on. So we traveled up north to uh, to Auburn for the first round of California Dirt Series, like we said before. Mm-hmm. Um, took us about seven hours or so. You know, left about six in the morning. Um, it was just three of us in there, and you know, our typical routine would be drive up to Stockton, have you know, have lunch at In and Out, and then we went to the Shady <laughs> Gas Station, filled Shady up. Gas which station. you did, you did witness that, right, Chivo? Yeah, I saw. I that. mean, I'm not, I wasn't messing around. That right? was interesting. I definitely <laughs> didn't want to make eye, can, eye contact with a couple people. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was using the uh, little squeegee to clean the, clean the windshield, and I was like, this, this stuff stinks, it dude. Like fish. Oh, oh my yeah. god, like <laughs> rotting water, standing still <laughs> yeah. water. So, so we kept on trucking up north, and uh, we ended up staying at the Gold Gold Country Fair. Fairgrounds. Yeah, the fairgrounds. Uh, shout out to Lori out there. She was so cool and you know accommodated us. We pretty much had the whole fairgrounds to ourselves. Uh, big, big slab of concrete with a big uh, steel awning. We had <laughs> glamping, glamping, glamping. Well, in a tent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Glamping. But was, uh, uh, you know, we had power. We had lights. We had fans. I mean, you know, we're close to the venue. So took off Thursday morning. Got there Thursday afternoon ish, and then Chivo and Danny went out and did some laps. Um, what do you think about that, Chivo? 
It was good. I, I'm definitely glad I changed my mind about sleeping outside at the tent. Um, mosquito life. Yeah, mosquito life was just not going to happen that yeah. night. <laughs> we were overwhelmed with uh, horse flies. Yeah. Those things are oh, yeah. pretty fat. I mean, ones. they're not they're not dangerous, but they're they're pretty uh, pretty scary looking. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're just annoying. Yeah. You know? So, uh, what what bike did you take up there to uh, to ride with my brother and the and the rest of the crew? I have a 2006 uh, Blur Four Cross Vintage Series. Vintage Series, yes. One of uh, they don't make that anymore. It's, okay. It's definitely a special bike. Uh huh. Um, and the best part about it, it has a 2002 Marzocchi Shiver. So I got a couple of thumbs up, and you know, a couple of the older guys were like blown away that that thing was still working. So. <laughs> I yeah. rode that thing and that thing was like sticky. <laughs> yes, they're uh, the the parts are, are Snoop lacking. Snoop Dogg would agree with though. He'd be like, "Oh, sticky, icky, ooh wee." Yeah, yeah like good stuff. <laughs> yeah, the the parts are scarce for that thing, so I had to maximize it. Yeah, I had to maximize it, bring it back up, back back to life. Uh huh. But it's definitely sticky. It's not. I definitely need a new to upgrade my my bike again and uh, have something a little bit more current. Yeah. Did you have fun though? I mean, riding with the boys and stuff. I had a ton of I had a ton of fun. It was, uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely the guy at the end of the pack, but I definitely see I feel the love when they're waiting for me at the yeah. transition. You had a big smile. I, I had to, took a picture of you, and you had a big smile on your face. So. Yeah, it was good to get out of uh, here, SoCal, and go up a little bit north, try some different dirt. Yeah, get, just get out of the routine. Yeah, get between the trees, and uh, you know, the old habits came back of like leaning down and cornering, uh-huh. but the speed definitely. Uh, needs to needs to go up higher. Needs to go <laughs> well, higher. Well, you have like a like a two point one like XC front tire on that thing, right? Or yeah, what? <laughs> and it warped. That that casing broke, so the tire looks just <laughs> awful. I gotta I gotta change a lot of things. Could could you stick a twenty seven five uh, wheel in that thing? I could if okay. I really wanted to. I could and I okay. could. You know, I don't know. I, I might have to look into that, but I think I think you can. And that feature of no no cross braces is what's gonna help out there. Uh-huh. Yeah. What'd you think of the enduro the enduro scene? The enduro scene, um, you know, I was surprised. I thought people would be happy to be there. I heard a lot of complaining. I heard a lot so of people a lot, a lot of complaining, uh, yeah. saying that it wasn't race course low like there wasn't a world world, world class level. world yeah. class. And That's you know, what they call the world class enduro. Yeah, and I was thinking like it's still a fun course, it's still very fast, like it's an enduro series and you have to pedal, mm-hmm. but you know a lot of these kids are like, oh, it's just not worth it. And I'm like, well, you're not World Cup level. Like, if you had a World Cup level race course, like, you you like you would be you, you wouldn't be wearing a half shell. You would wearing a full face. Yeah, you would definitely. And, and a, like a six inch travel bike, like a Slayer or yeah. some big bike. Exactly. So I I was definitely happy to be there. I know the guys here at the shop definitely said it was a fun course. They mm-hmm. liked it. They, they they did notice the pedaling parts, but that's part of the enduro, you know. That's part of training. If, if you can't make the downhill time, you got to make it up in pedaling and vice versa. Yeah. So. <laughs> Come from well, someone who doesn't race, Lewis. Hey, I'll I'll be out there over the hump on Tuesday, man, getting in people's way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I, uh, I modified my Chiva shirt on the right. On the left side, it says passing side with an arrow. Passing side. And on the right side, it says suicide. Suicide. Hashtag RIP. Yeah. So if you're on my right side trying to pass me. You're going to be in the bushes, poison oak somewhere, because, you know, as a trucker, like, you don't do that. I can respect that. Right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> but the scenery was beautiful up there, man. You know, like, it was, for logistically for me as a chase guy, because um, I've done Baja races and chasing and stuff like that, like, that was pretty cool because you just kind of run up, you drive up, pop butt, you drop them off, come back down, and, you know, the 
you guys really cut down on the pedaling part, you know. Yeah. I'm sure that helped out a lot, especially pre-riding the course. Now, like we got there on Thursday and it was baking out. It was it was hot it out. Was it was like 90 yeah. degrees plus. Yeah. Like Danny started that was out with day. a headache. I finished with a headache. Like yeah. we were dehydrated and we didn't we didn't pedal up. We just shuttled down. Right. So that was definitely it was definitely hot and that you know that shuttle vehicle definitely helps. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it was there. Shout out to uh, to Chuck. He he's a local up there and kind of helped Danny out in stage two and three. Yeah. Shout out to Chuck. So. I don't know. It was beautiful up there, man. Like the, the scenery was awesome. Yeah, yeah. A lot of green. Get to you know splash around a couple of trickling down water lines that are still coming from the top of the hill. Uh-huh. One of the trails was actually had like a creek too. A little bit of a creek, creek the, running. Yeah, you did get cool. to cruise down in the creek. That's so, where you realize how quickly you, you lose traction on rocks and wet tires. You know, end up sideways in a eight-inch section of trail. <laughs> <laughs> Something different. Uh, you guys were uh, riding along the uh, the American River. Right, the North Fork or one That's of what the it was called? yeah, the American River. So. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. It's just a tight, uh, not tight, but narrow single track, right off cliff edge to, uh, yeah. to the big raging river. Yeah, there's a couple spots where if you go down, you're gonna end up in Sacramento somewhere. You're going down. Yeah, you're we talked. We made a couple <laughs> jokes. Huh? Yeah, if you go down and you do, you have nothing to hold on to, or there's just no, it's just straight line to the water. Like you're gonna go for a ways, and you know. Well, I was talking to one of the rangers there. I guess when you cross one of the bridges there, it's like a, like a vacuum. It just sucks you down. So you're not gonna end. You're gonna end up <laughs> there you're or somewhere. Down. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, coming into race day. Um, oh, before I'm sorry. Be, uh, so Chivo did all the prep on the bikes the night before. Right, Chivo. Chivo. Yeah, we went. Uh, um, Shout out to Chivo. He's like right here, right in front of us. <laughs> High five. High five. five. Oh. There it is. <laughs> I dislocated my elbow doing that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we went uh, over all the bikes um, that night. It was a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that nobody had a loose bolt, nobody had uh, lack of sealant in their tires, that their spokes were tight. And so I did find uh, Brenton's bike was probably the worst, uh, where every single pivot point was loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, his rear wheel was detention. His uh, chain would have gotten thrown into the spokes because his uh, derailleur needed to be adjusted. And his railer was holding on by half the threads. Oh, boy. So, you know, quite a bit of... Uh, his bike's actually pretty new. He's yeah. been riding it for three months. So this was this would have been, like, what we call at the shop the post-sale tune-up. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure if I... I'm sure if, if his race run would have been, you know, fluent without the accident, um, he probably would have thrown that derailleur uh, and his rear wheel to the trash. If not more, you know, including his frame, if it had gotten that bad. Ooh. Really? So he, he definitely lucked out in the mechanical aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with uh, Blaze. Um, well, actually, Blaze was uh, a repair during race day. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one of the benefits of having a, yeah. a, a, mobile, you know, a race mechanic at the, at the races, you know, to, to do stuff on the fly. But right? On the fly. Is it allowed? I saw in, like, on the race rules that you can, nobody can touch your bike during the race. But that's, that's a transfer. Is this still? Are you still racing though? You're not racing. You just you just transfer. So the race. It's not dies. timed. It's not timed. It's not timed. It's not timed. It's not. I guess. I mean, it if, it, if it happened during, like, if he's like on a race run, then there's no outside assistance. But now you got to keep in mind that when you know we we're doing the races last year, people were coming down to the SRAM, uh, to the SRAM uh, neutral pit, and people were getting their bikes worked on, right? Remember that in the Tahoe. 
Remember Curtis King was getting his bike worked on. A, a no, couple of guys. Well, you, you were racing, okay? But yeah, there were people were coming down to the neutral, to the neutral strand pit, mm. and they were getting their bikes worked on, and yeah, then they were should, heading back up. It should be changed to like timed racing. Or well, I mean, it's not timed. You know, you're not timed per se. You know, you have a certain time to get there, but you're not timed from when you end and you transfer the stage. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, you you did you did work on Brazil's bike uh, during his tran- at one of the transfers. Yeah, at the bottom of the transferring from third to fourth. Okay. Um, I believe he came down. He was out of breath. Barely speak to me. He said um, his brake was uh, fading. And so, you know, I checked it out, saw it was rubbing, it was overheating, so went ahead and freed that up. And then at that time, I, I noticed that every other spoke on his rear wheel was just completely loose. So I uh, went ahead and flipped the bike over, gave him some water, made him cool down a little bit, because he was, he, was, uh, he was rushing, obviously, race mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so he was, he was hanging out there, right there with the CHP guys. Uh, they had just gotten Brenton off the trail and oh, onto yeah. the ambulance. So yeah. I'm glad that they missed that because it would have definitely psyched them out. Yeah, I, and I told I told Ron, I was like, uh, you know, just don't tell the guys anything until after the race. And I think Steven ended up seeing something. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, Brent, Brenton will post something, you know, pictures or whatever. You know, he did have an accident. That, and, that's that. Yeah, but he's good. I mean... Yeah, he's solid. He's recovering. So he's, he's a champ for sure. Yeah. But uh, he, he didn't. He didn't want to get his, his jersey cut, so he took his yeah. jersey off because mm. he did, he didn't want the the nurses to cut his jersey, his brand new jersey. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that like, jersey like, will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so everybody basically needed assistance, and that might be something that we might have to look into so that we don't cost them a race because of assistance or so. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, I think if it's back when I was racing, it was a straight run, three minutes, start from the top to the bottom downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, this is enduro, so there's transfers, and yeah. I didn't know that that actually happened. So that was a, a little bit of a surprise for me, but I'm I'm kind of glad that you know there there are some mechanics around, uh, and I saw them and I kind of chatted up with them a little bit. Um, and these guys are just here strictly to help in case, you know, you go down, you bend something or, you, right. you know, your brake suddenly is not helping. But, you know, it's a lot easier when you have uh, tools. A, 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 the, a handful of tools that are, that are going to do the job and a mechanic that's, that's trained that can actually get it done. Um, not only that, too, obviously, since I'm as part of the team or yeah. so, I got to favor my guys before anybody else. Absolutely. So Absolutely, that that definitely helps. So let me ask you, Chivo, uh, what are your favorite tools? Like, if you had a, if you like in a, you only had a, so many tools. Like, let's say ten tools, you know. That's, and, that's too many tools. Okay, so let's three, say you had five three, tools. Three. Three tools. Okay. Three tools. Three tools, and you're getting you're getting launched into the moon. Like, what tools do you take? <laughs> if I'm getting launched into the moon, I'm taking a machete, or the way I would say it, a machete, um, because that thing will just. You can eat with that thing. You what, can live with that thing. What are you going to kill thing. off the moon? What's that? What are you going to kill on the moon? Moon moon Martians. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like... Moon meat. <laughs> uh, yeah. there, might be, there might be vegans up there, so... Oh, why'd you have to say that? <laughs> Vegan tacos. Vegan tacos. Sure. Um, so, what I mean, what are your favorite... What are your go-to tools? Like, if, like you, anywhere you go, like, that's, that's a tool you need to take. A tool I have to take, it would have to be... Um, can it be a set of Allen keys or just one Allen key? Okay. Set of Allen keys. That's a set. Yeah. That's a set. Okay. So I would say a set of Allen keys would be important. Mm-hmm. 
uh, a hanger straightening tool. Okay. That's also important. And, you, and people need to know how to use that, right? I mean, that you don't just take it and then like, oh, just figure it out as you go. Exactly. You got to be able to figure it. You got to be able to know how to use it. You can't just assume that you're going to figure it out on the spot. It, <laughs> Start bending work. the derailleur hanger until it snaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's, <laughs> oh, sir, you're going to need a new one. <laughs> that's a no-go. Exactly. And, uh, and the third tool would have to be... Um, I hate to say it, but it would have to. If I only get three options, the third tool would have to be a crescent wrench, a six-inch crescent <laughs> wrench. Oh, I hate that tool, but if I have three options, it's gonna be one of them. That's, uh, you know what? I have two of them in my van, dude. Because uh, you just never know, bro. Yeah, that's yeah, a nice tool. I have a snap-on one, and I have uh, one of my dad's old uh, thing is a Matco or something like that. You know, it's all red and stuff. And yeah. well, some of us can't afford snap-on or Matco. But. You know, I, I found I found one on the freeway. <laughs> Like the, the snap on one I found the freeway. Lucky. And then that was the one's my dad's. So Lucky. I snagged it from him. But yeah. you it's know what? I mean, it's it's a multi a multi-purpose tool, bro. It is a multi-purpose tool. Hammer. It also, it also, I was going to say, it works <laughs> as a hammer. You start beating the crap out of something to get it to fit into something yep, else. Yep, you know, and exactly. then if you need to readjust it, you do it. So, yeah. Yes. But, uh, I've lost many crescent wrenches as hammers. That's because you buy them at Harbor Freight. <laughs> Just take them back and you get a new one. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it broke. <laughs> it broke. But I don't know yeah. how. It just broke. You warranted. Yeah. Uh, so, Danny, give us a real quick race recap of uh, the weekend. So, all right. Start off on stage two. Lots of pedaling. Like, <laughs> it was like, I'd say, maybe like a mi- two minutes. Two minutes of downhill. The rest was pedaling. I think the stage was like five minutes long. So, that's that. Start off, um, fun section, like grass, grassy. Grassy knoll? I don't know what you would call it, grassy, like, rollers, I guess. Rolling hills. Mm-hmm. To, like, a fast, uh, fire road. Onto some single track. That stage was, it was fun. Made a couple bobbles, um, had to get off the bike, run up a short, quick little punchy hill. So that was that stage. We moved on to stage three, which started off pretty fast. The fast shoot, um, into more single track, into uh, like a little creek, a creek, uh, I don't know, creek crossing, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And then it moved on to the rest was pedaling, which is another pedaling stage. Stage four was by far the my best stage, um, probably the funnest stage of the race as well. Burmy, uh, Burmy yet grippy. Is that even a word, Burmy? It's Burmy. 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 Is, is that in the Webster's dictionary? What would you call it? I'd say burmed out. Burmed out. Well, uh, that also sounds though like it's blown out. Burmed out. So yeah. Burmy. Burmy. Okay. A lot of it, it, it could be in the mountain biker's dictionary, Burmy. Burmy. We'll, we'll have to add that in there. Uh, Wikipedia, right? You can do that? Burmy, you can edit in there? Can, okay. We'll, we'll have to Wikipedia that one. Burmy. Burmy. Give Danny the credit for that one. <laughs> so it was a Burmy trail. Uh, not much putting at all. If anything, it was just quick sprints out of the corners. Then uh, move on to the last stage, which is stage one. Start off with a, uh, a downhill pedal fire road. And then moved on to some single track along along the river on a cliff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was, what, eight feet of missing trail that they had to recarve back into the hill? That's what I heard. So that's that's a, that's definitely a scary spot if, you, if you're not paying attention or if you're washed out. You know, I, I saw a couple people had washed out. They were coming out of stage one. 
Um, but it, yeah. Yeah. Did that play with you at all? A little bit, but this you're you're just in race mode, so you just I don't know. Push through it. Do you the like danger, zone out or what? Zone out. You can't. You can zone out. You have to. I just focus on the important stuff. Focus oh. on key points that you remember in the course. Exactly. I kind of want to. I kind of go through the stage before my race one in my head. Certain rocks you gotta use. Certain sections that certain you gotta sections, use yeah. to, to your advantage. Certain like take the inside line here, outside line here. Mm-hmm. Pump. Yeah. It's it. That's, you know, I, I have to reiterate this. It, it's very important that when you do these kind of races that you pre-ride, and you got to pre-ride maybe a little bit more, just just to get those certain sections that are cautions in your head and to remember them, you know, because it'll cost you. Yeah, there's a there's a spot where Danny saved me, and I'm pretty sure that's where Brenton had his accident mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have ended up as, as uh, in the same situation but um, I would have probably come to a stop and would have just fallen over um, I don't I'm not, I wasn't carrying any sort of race speed for sure I was just cruising just enjoying my time up there and uh, you know Danny was kind enough to stop that's where I felt some love is uh, <laughs> you know kind enough to stop and tell me hey there's a giant hole here you know maybe we should go over here to the, to, to the right yeah and uh, yeah it, it definitely made that more enjoyable but Mm-hmm. You know, I was hoping, I was kind of wishing that the, the that spot would have been marked. marked. It would have been yeah. marked, but you always have to look ahead. So that's yeah. where it came in for me. I looked ahead, kind of saw that. So Yeah, pre-riding, of course. It's key. huge. It's a, it's it really is. You can't, you can't take that stuff for granted. You definitely can't, you know, and he's got to, you got to do it, you know. It's, and if you're it's a safety racing, factor. And if you're racing, you're going to make too many mistakes by not knowing what's ahead. Trying to go in blind. You know, yeah, going it's, in blind it's not worth it. There's so much invested in it. You know, entries and fuel, traveling, everything. There's a there's a big factor in there, and you know, to be just like, oh, I'm just gonna race it blind. Dick, you can't do that. Uh, it's not it's not worth it. It's not recommended. So it'd probably be fun to have a blind race, though, to bring out the true skill in the rider. Yeah. I, I, what do you think, Chivo? I think it'd be a good idea as long as the trail is groomed without, or know. like, properly marked. Properly marked would be good. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, you know, you go down to, like, a like a off-road race, and, you know, like, the big holes, the big sections, there's markers, like, danger, you know, double, you know, down arrows, double down arrows, or whatever, so when these guys are, like, hauling butt, they see it, you know, whether if they're pre-rented or not, you know, they're, oh, check up, check up, you know, whatever, you know, and then I'm that's sure, what they should be doing as, I'm as sure a promoter. I'm sure in off-road racing, the, the driver probably has a spotter. Somebody who's so, some drivers, a second set of eyes. You know, you look at Ivan the Ironman Stewart. Mm-hmm. And they call they didn't call him an Iron Man, the Iron Man for nothing. You know he was by himself inside the cab of the truck. You know and racing Baja by himself. Mm. You know so he was a navigator, the the driver all in one. But wow. that's that's the importance of pre running. Exactly. You exactly. Mark, you mark him in GPS. The, mm-hmm. In that time, I guess a map. I don't know. Yeah, I mean you, you look at these moto guys. <laughs> Paper you, map. <laughs> you look at these moto guys. You know, I mean they have certain sections that they do, but they're like they're down in Baja, like. A month pre-riding it back and forth day and night you know and then it's in it's in like in embedded in their head of you know the Familiar section so it. they can close their eyes and they can envision the the, the, the course and that's that's kind of why you know you got to pre, you know pre-ride enduro and you know it may be hot or whatever but you got to do it because you know it, it could be you know first place it could be first place or 
Last place. Last place or 18th place, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, so, so Danny, how would you end up doing first race? Uh, top 20. I did top 20. Come on. No. I, got, I did 18th. I did horrible. Yeah. yeah. The bobbles on stage two and three kind of cost me a little bit. But even so, on stage four, my clean run, I was still off the pace a little bit, so I didn't need to work on, I don't know, speed, I guess. What, like, what do you mean? What do you got to work on, like? Sprints, uh, more RXC training. What do you got to do? And it's hard because that race it took a lot out of you because you start off with two high pedaling stages. So it drained a big chunk of energy. Yeah. The first stop. Lungs burning. And yeah. But you know that's part of training. You know you gotta you know you look at these professionals. Which I know you're not a professional. You got you got school. You got work. I get that. But these guys are putting in the time. They're training XC. They're hill repeats, which which you're doing, you know. And that's you know it's a long race. It's a long series. Anything and anything and you know everything can happen. You know it's a first race. Now you know where you're at. Uh, you now you know where you need to improve. And you know we're off to the next race. Just bring on the the technical stages. And okay. Well, ne- well, you're not gonna get that at the next race. No. <laughs> next race is One the 26th more. of this month. We're going up to Toro, uh, Monterey for One round more two. Pedal fest. Pedal fest. One more, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. I don't think, from what I remember, it's were, not as bad as what I just did in Auburn, but it's all right. I'll make do. Well, I mean, the good thing you had you had no 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 mechanicals. No mechanicals. This race was all on me. No one to blame. Okay. No one to blame. Good. T- tires were dialed, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you had dialed, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those tires were actually amazing. It, Threw on the new Helldiver from Kenda. They performed. Semi-slick, yeah. They performed really Glad well. Glad I had it. I mean, Chiba, you saw that big ding that he had in his rim. I saw a dent and a partial tear, but no blowout, no compromise on the tire. It did its job the way it's supposed to. I was actually pretty impressed. Yeah. I'm going to have to try one myself. Once you get a 27.5-inch uh, uh, wheel, then... Never. 26 is dead. Yeah, never ever gonna see me on no 27.5. No, I'm right. just kidding. I'll be there. <laughs> it's time to Grab move a demo bike. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, yeah. Check out my new rig. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it was a good show tonight. Uh, pretty short, um, but you know we we do have uh, a certain a lot of time to do our show. And um, thank you to Chivo for not only coming on the show, but uh, for also. Um, joining us on our on our adventure, and hopefully we'll we'll have many more, which we will. We have uh, seven more races to go in the in California Enduro Series, and uh, seven more races. Seven more races. Eight races total. We're going to all of them. I thought it was seven races, five out of seven. No, it's eight races, six uh, six out of seven. You got to do for the overall championship. Mm. So yeah. we'll be at all of them, Danny. I think you're missing it's Mendocino. Seven races, dude. It's eight races. What eight races? Okay, you got. Auburn, you got Toro, you got China Peak, you got uh, go in China, order, go in order. I don't know what the order. Mendocino, is. okay. China Peak, okay. North Star, yeah. Mammoth, yep. And Oregon, Oregon. That's okay. seven. I thought I saw a couple oh. of like Big Bear, a Big Bear, Cr- oh, Cranks and Cranks. So that would be eight. Eight. You going to school? You going to school for this? The counting? Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that, is that part, of the, the, part of the curriculum to, uh, to do math? 
think I think okay. you have to. <laughs> you went to school? Pass the test. Uh, you know, I, I did. I did do a little bit, a little bit of college pottery. Uh, pottery. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I excelled in pottery. You know what? Whatever you get, whatever you do, degree in pottery. Just remember, pottery is Potteryism. You need a mug and maid. You gotta hey, head up a little. Just remember, whatever you do, make sure you're the best at it. Okay. Doesn't hey. matter if you're. So you're the best. Up, you're the best potter. I felt I was potter. I got an A in the class. What do you call potter? Show, potter. Potter. I'm a artist. That's art. I say. That's art. I say. Hashtag art. Hashtag art. It's, uh, uh, but yeah, you know what? Shout out to Steve Restivo of Absolute Screen Print for, uh, and, and and to Pete. You know, Pete was uh, he was, you know, I mean, we, I know we talked about it in previous podcasts, but you know, and. and uh, just to make these, these He's the artists behind behind the team. Yeah, you know, uh, Pete. You know, working behind the scenes. Yeah, and then you know, obviously Steve creating the design and, and uh, making these shirts, and and everybody else that that uh, that bought the shirts that we can get uh, Chivo out to all these races. Well, for the California Enduro races, and I don't know. Hopefully next year we can we have a bigger budget we can play with, and he can come out to to more races. You know, if you want to Chivo. You know? Absolutely, and yeah, thanks to all the people that supported. You know, the, all the, all the uh, Chivo shirt sales. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely grateful for that. I appreciate, you know, being thought of as coming out here for, a, you know, mechanic as a, as a the, the mechanic for the team. Yeah. So, it's yeah. a huge responsibility on your shoulders, Chivo. Yeah, it is. We're, we're, we're hunting for championship this year, man. You, you, you got your first win this, uh, this past weekend. <laughs> I feel privileged. I don't, right? It doesn't feel like a responsibility, and that's just because it's, you know, I wanted to do this. So right. this is definitely That's a, the difference between, like, having to do it and, like, wanting to do it, right? Absolutely. Does not feel like a job. Yeah. It's very nice to hang out with all the guys. Plus, plus you make a killer uh, basil pesto pasta. <laughs> <laughs> basil I guess, pesto, uh, yeah, I guess ah, I impressed a couple of guys you, here. You, you impressed me, man. You all know, right. I'm, I'm not a big into olives, but I was like, all right, well, Chiba made it. I'm going to eat it, bro. <laughs> you're, you're like a, 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 a Guy Fieri, man, just chopping up the basil, like, real fine, you know, like, with the razor and, like, yeah. super fine and... You know, got it all done. This yeah, pasta came out pretty good. And it's gonna be a couple more special dishes being cooked. Oh, okay, at the all right, on the road. So if you guys, totally. uh, you guys want to try some of Chivo's uh, tasty on the road delights, <laughs> you gotta be at these races. Yeah, stop by. <laughs> Don't be a stranger. Yeah. Check out our our, uh, our tent location or our campsite. whatever we got going on. Yeah. yeah. Our booth. Um, booth. We got the <laughs> the van, the rally van. The rally van. Know. Yeah. Some so. good driving for Lou right there. Hey, you know. Definitely definitely had to check my shorts after exiting uh, oh. at high speeds. I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't know this was possible. I was definitely fearing that we're He's to, a reckless driver for uh, sure. Going over curves? Why do you go over that curve for? <laughs> I didn't feel it. I saw the size of the curve, and I thought I was going to feel it, and I thought 40 the 40 miles an hour into it. a curve, for what reason? Uh, no reason. You know what? Uh, the faster you go, the smoother it gets. That's true. I did you feel it? That. I didn't feel anything. Yeah, you, you said a little pucker, right? Yeah, regular, regular curb, ditch on the other side. Huh. I was like, for sure, we're gonna break something. Wrong. It just, it just didn't even feel it. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'd that's, never uh, judge him again. That's a uh, that's Baja experience right there, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> I need a, I need a long travel vehicle. That's not even. You know what? Just wait until uh, Brent Foes uh, uh, gets his uh, prototype all figured out for the uh, for the transit vans. Oh. He's working on something. I talked to him at Sea Otter. And uh, once that he gets lift. that going, yeah, the, the lift, it's a lift. legitimate lift. It's like, it's, a, it's like a long travel lift, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, I'll have like, I think like two inches of, of wheel travel. Wow. And then uh, front and rear, and then I'll just go to Deaver and, and get a uh, uh, another Adelief, and then just get longer shocks. And we're dialed, dude. I mean, we're dialed to, to pre-run the Baja 1000. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> <laughs> We'll have everything in there. Yeah. Cooler, tent. Everything, bro. 
You know, we got the grill. We got the cooler. Fishing poles. Fishing poles. I didn't get to use them, which I'm kind of bummed out. But yeah. you know what? That water was so fast moving. That I was water like, was dude, fast. Yeah. like, I don't want to fall in that yeah. thing. And then the following day, it was actually kind of cold. Yeah, 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 the so weather was the a trip. Weather changed quite yeah, the a weather bit, changed quite a bit. Which it was in favor for all the guys that are racing. Uh, minus the actual race, it was actually cold, cold. Mm-hmm. And they had to wait in the chilly wind after hiking or climbing up a oh, yeah, that. pretty steep hill. Yeah. All sweaty, <laughs> get to the top, have to wait, an, uh, what was it, an hour and a half? Less than an hour. Less than an hour. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, We saw a couple of guys coming into the stage two, and a couple of them actually crashed within the first turn. Oh, yeah, we were up there, right? Parked yeah. up there, and we are watching people. That one turn. Right yeah. where the bridge is at? The very top? The top of the bridge. I'm just going to say yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we saw people going yeah. up, going up. Well, I we think, saw uh, uh, Steven. He overshot the turn, and we saw him go cut through the grass. We were Mandowski. like, oh, that guy almost went down. Yeah. We didn't even know it was Steven until later. He's like, dude, I totally, I totally cut through the grass. We're like, oh, that was you then. <laughs> we saw a pretty big dab. Who's that, who's that one kid on, on the white... The white bicycles, white. What's his name? Whitey. White. 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 You you raced against him, Danny Junior X. Liam. Liam Ruff. Yeah, we saw him crash. You guys saw that? Yeah, where were you we guys saw, at? We're on the on, on that bridge where at the, the lady uh, where the lady fell off the bridge when she was taking a selfie. Oh. Sixty foot drop. Oh. Sixty foot drop. California's tallest bridge, I think, is like seven hundred and thirty foot tall. Wow. So just a little okay. uh, little info right there. California's gold. <laughs> Remember Hugh Hauser? <laughs> Golly, that's a really mighty tall bridge you got there. So <laughs> the best thing to watch when there's nothing to watch. You know what? It's so informative, dude. He is. I love that stuff. <laughs> and the press is right. Well, every 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 spot that I've that I've that I've seen on the coast of California, yeah, going up and down, my wife and I love to do that. And uh, every time we 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 stop somewhere, I'm like, I know something. That Hill Houser showed on TV, and I'm like, "Oh God, you, you got to you got to bring the goal." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very forward. All right, guys. Well, this is Big Lou here with uh, this is Chivo, and this is Danny. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of NGFE Radio. You guys can listen to us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram, NGFE underscore Radio. We are also on Facebook, and we're still working on a website, but you know. Send us a message, DM, uh, comment. Um, we're going to be posting a picture here pretty soon of our interview with Chivo. And we got a bunch of other guests coming up, you know, some fun stuff, good times. And, uh, you know, we do it because we love the show. And, you know, we just we enjoy it. There's good memories. And, you know, that's, this stuff's going to last forever. So, all right, guys. Peace out. <laughs>